0: Okay, awesome. Uh, So we're going to be talking about offense today and how to avoid it, what it is, how it comes at you, etc. And getting free from offense is huge because a lot of times offense will trap you and it'll put you in place. And uh, after we finish, we're going to pray for healing to you. So if anyone needs healing for anything, just come up or if you have family members or anything like that, we'll pray for that too. We've seen so many healings. Crazy. It's just Jesus. It's a kingdom. It's not really that hard. It's just what he does. Okay, so let's turn to John chapter 6, verses 26 to 66. Okay, so before we read this, I'm going to give a little precursor, and you guys can keep flipping while I'm giving this. But uh, So Jesus just multiplied bread. He just multiplied these people's bread, and they all got bread, and they're feeling pretty groovy because Jesus gave them food. And uh, the Jewish people are pretty happy because now Jesus is not only teaching them, he's not only healing them, but he's also feeding them. So they're like, yes, this is like the best of both worlds. We don't have to do anything now. Jesus will just feed us all the time. Um, and so that's kind of what we're entering into is he just made them bread and they're getting a little bit greedy. And so uh, they came to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, our fathers, uh, Moses, God made manna for them in the wilderness. So, that was his sign to show him that Moses was God's chosen person. What sign will you give us? In other words, give us more bread. We want more food, right? So that's where this chapter opens, is everyone's a little bit greedy, everyone's a little hungry. They've decided, Jesus gave us bread once, so we don't have to buy food anymore. He's just going to do it all the time, right? So that's where we open up. The words I have spoken to you bring God's life-giving spirit. Yet some of you do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning who are the ones who would not believe, and the ones who would betray him. And he added, this is the very reason I told you that no people can come to me unless the Father makes it possible for them to do so. Because of this, many of Jesus' followers turned back and would not go to him anymore. Okay, so there's a lot of verses in there, and a lot of like back and forth, a lot of Jesus talked about, I'm the bread of life, you drink of me, um, you'll live, etc. But the biggest thing we're taking away from here is, first of all, these people are going into this whole discussion with a bad motive. They're greedy. They want food, right? And so they're going into this, we're, we want food, Jesus. We want you to feed us. So this is where they're coming from. And then Jesus gives them this principle to say, hey, stop looking at natural stuff when you're only going to be here for 80, 90, 100, 110 years. After that, game over, right? Stop looking for natural stuff. Look at the stuff that's more important. Put your investment in eternity, not in the natural world. Put your investment in eternity, because time goes by like that. You blink and it's already gone. You blink and it's already moving too quick. So Jesus is saying invest in eternal stuff, invest in supernatural stuff, because that's really the only thing that matters. And uh, so they're offended. Because they're coming from it with a bad motive, they say, Lord, we can't understand it, it doesn't make any sense, you're saying, eat my body, and we're saying, we just want food, and so they're like, this is too hard, and they left him. Do you know the only time the general people left Jesus was here, right here, and one other time, and the only reason the normal people, and by normal I mean not the Pharisees, not the religious leaders, right? So the only time the normal average people left Jesus was because of offense. Because they were offended at something that he said. But they are offended at something he said because they already had kind of a bad motive going on, right? They're already thinking about, they're trying to use God instead of just be with God, right? And so they got offended, and so they're like, all right, bye, peace. And that's, some of those people, some of them actually did come back later on after the day of Pentecost. But some of those people literally lost their salvation over offense. And we'd be very, very careful that we don't get in trouble because of offense, Because when you take a fence, you build a fence, right? And you build a fence and it keeps something out. And a lot of times in our lives we've built a fence of offense to keep something out. And that could be siblings, that could be friends, that could be past relationships, that could be churches, that could be pastors. That could be schoolmates. That could be teachers. But we build a fence. Something happens in our life, and we think that we deserve the right to take offense from them. But Jesus said, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And so when you build a fence, you literally create a place in your life where you don't want God to penetrate, and you won't let him penetrate. And so, the, who here has heard the, the uh, teaching by John Bevere about offense? A little bit, okay. We got two. I like it. So, uh, John Revere does this awesome teaching, and it's called Offense, the Bait of Satan, okay? And so, the word offense in the Greek is scandalon. And scandalon, this is so interesting, but literally what it means is scandalon is the trigger inside of a trap, okay? So, hunters would use it, and it's the trigger inside of a trap. And if you hit the trigger, then the trigger triggers the trap, and then you're trapped, okay? And so, it's literally like, there's a trigger here and there's a bait right here. So offense is literally Satan's bait. Because if he can get you walking in unforgiveness and bitterness, then he can get you to start falling in a lot of other directions in your life. It's crazy. Because uh, Paul says don't give Satan, don't give Satan any place in your life. And so offense literally creates an opportunity for Satan. Whatever, a lot of times there's one specific area that we as people are struggling in we need to get free from, maybe it's trust, maybe it's fear, maybe it's pornography, whatever. There's one specific area we need to get free from, and we're battling, the Holy Spirit's giving us strength, and we're rocking and rolling, but offense, as soon as you take offense, that literally creates the opportunity for a Satan to hit you in that other area, because it's bait, it's a trap, right, scandal on his bait, it's just so crazy, it's mind-blowing. Offense is bait, and sometimes it feels so good to our natural man, to our flesh, to take that bait, like, yes! I'm mad at them, I'm bitter at them, it feels so good, it feels so right, aha, right, but it's literally a trap. It's a trap. And when you hold on to it, and you close around it, you literally put yourself in a position where God can't get to you, because forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So if you're not forgiving, then God's not forgiving, and that's Satan's whole goal, right? He wants to separate you. And so we need to give up the bait, so God can go, bam, and set us free, and we can keep moving our life and enjoying life. If, you, if you've if you ever met people who've lived years and years and years in offense, or, which turns to bitterness, as soon as you start talking to them about something specific, it's like they explode, right? You just start, you mentioned the one thing they're offended at, and they just go, bam, and they could get, tell you about it forever. You know what I mean? Because that's, It has never been resolved in their heart. And God wants us to resolve those things. God wants us to forgive so that God can rock and roll and we can keep moving. But again, offense builds offense, right? And so as soon as you take offense at something someone does, says, or did, you build offense between you and that person. It's the same thing with God. You might get offended at God. He should have healed this person. He should have done this, right? You build offense between you and God. You might get offended at a friend. You're like, this friend did me wrong because they were talking about me behind my back, and you build a fence between you and that friend. right? You might get offended at an ex because you're like, this ex, they didn't treat me right. Exes are always the worst, right? They're literally the worst, right? But as soon as you take that, you build a wall between them, right? Now there's definitely a thing called healthy boundaries and being realistic about people who are negative people and you don't want them in your life. But at the same time, you have to deal with the heart issue, right? You've got to deal with the heart issue, and you've got to make sure that your heart is right before them, because God sees your heart. He doesn't see all this other stuff. He just looks straight at your heart. And so you've got to make sure that if there's a fence in your life, you let it go, because it's Satan's trap. It really is. And again, it's the one thing that literally made the common people leave Jesus. They were offended. They're like, oh, we don't understand this, so we're just leaving. I don't get it, so I'm just going. I'm just going to leave. I'm going to go. And fine, right? But that's not the kingdom. The kingdom of God, there is no offense. Because there's love. And in love, love does not remember things that's done wrong to it. It's awesome. I love it. Come on, Jesus. Um, so, uh, one of the biggest signs of it is bitterness. We've got to be careful about bitterness. Um, and so the first question is, what is it? We just covered what offense is, right? Offense is bait for Satan. It's literally giving Satan place in your life so he can bug you in a bunch of other areas. And a lot of times that's why, you know, you pray for someone in healing and one of the very few things, there's a lot of times people are like, oh, why didn't people get healed and they go off on all this different stuff. And I think a lot of it just goes straight to lack of faith. Like we need to grow our faith because that's what Jesus said nine times out of ten when the disciples were like, why didn't this miracle happen? Jesus was like, because of your faith, right? So I think most of the time, 95% of the time, it's lack of faith, but there's also the forgiveness piece, right? Paul talks about how, um, uh, he talks about you need to forgive other people. When he's talking about uh, prayer getting answered, I think it's in James. He's talking about prayers getting answered and praying for the sick. And then right after he says that, he said, And if any of you have anything against other people, forgive them, right? And so there's that forgiveness piece that will prohibit God from healing you. Like, God wants you to be completely set free, so you can completely set other people free, right? And so, it's just crazy how offense can put you in this position where you're separate from God, and as soon as you forgive them, then you're like, huh, oh, I'm free, I'm good to rock and roll, I'm good to keep moving. Um, so first, what is it? Offense is the bait of Satan. It's just a bait, it's a trap. The trap is, mmm, it feels so good, to be so mad at this specific person, at this individual, at this church, at this pastor, at this schoolmate, at this classmate, etc, right? But you can't give in to that because it's a trap. What is it? Number two, how do we fight it? Uh, 1 Corinthians 13:5 says, "Love doesn't take account of anything wrong. An account means you have something where you store something, right? Love doesn't have an account of things done wrong. So its bank account of offense is empty. Yes, that's good. So we need to look at our bank account of offense and make sure that it's empty, right? We need to look back and say, okay, is there something being stored? Am I getting uh, an APR on my offense, right? Is there, is there something that I'm still holding on to? Is there something that's prohibiting me from having like that connection that I want with God? You know, what's getting in the way? Is there offense going on? And so. We need to look at that account and make sure that we're not taking an account of something wrong someone's done to us, and we're forgiving them. Uh, and a lot of times, I'd say 9 times out of 10 is just unforgiveness, right? It's hard to forgive. It's definitely hard. But lack of forgiveness locks you in a prison. And this is the most potent thing I've found, have you guys ever had someone that you just really? Like you try, like you say it, and you're like, I forgive them. But you look inside your heart, and you're like, fans never had that. (laughs) Um, But you try super hard, and you're like, oh, I want to forgive them, but I just don't feel like I'm forgiving them in my heart. This is a tip that I learned, and it's the best thing ever. And it's straight from Jesus. Jesus said, forgive those who've done bad things to you, right? Forgive those who've despitefully used you. I pray for those who've despitefully used you. And turn against you. So when you feel like people are using you or turning against you, if you pray that God will bless them, it just crushes that unforgiveness. It just destroys it. Like it's impossible to stand here and pray for someone who you're mad at that God will bless them without having them just go crazy. Also, the cool thing about it is when you do that, you enable God to start moving on your behalf. Right? Because before that, you're dealing with the problem. And the way you're dealing with the problem is you're mad at the person, or the place, or the thing, or the dog. You're mad at it, right? But as soon as you pray that God will bless them, then God can start working on your behalf. And God can start working with the person, too. Some people need correction. Some people just need a little bit more love. You know what I mean? It's true. But if you're holding on to it, then God can't work in you, and God can't work on the person, either. And so the best weapon that you have is just start praying that God will bless them. Just start speaking blessing over their life, speaking love over life. When you see them, grit your teeth and choose to love them. You know what I mean? But you have to choose in your heart. And literally, like, I've had so many. I had a, a buddy back in high school who we were pretty close, who's a good friend, and there's a basketball league going on. And um, we had decided together to set up the league, and I did most of the work. But it's fine, but it's fine. I'm not bitter. <laughs> no, I really am um, bitter. <laughs> but. So we, we set up the league together, and it's like, yeah, sweet. And then uh, it came time for the first game, and he had, uh, I forget what it was, but the first game happened, and he kind of freaked out. Um, it was hard to, like, get everything organized. And so he was, like, he was, like, he chose this other guy to be leader of it, and he, like, sided with him over me, and him and I had been planning the whole thing the whole time. And I just remember, like, thinking back on it, it was just so hard to forgive him for that. And for him, it wasn't a huge deal. But for me, it was like, ah! I was like, 16 or 17, it was just so hard. And I I even said, I forgive him. And my heart was like, no, you don't. It was like, no, I do. And your heart was like, nope. And so I was like, what do I do? And so the Holy Spirit showed me that verse. He says, forget or pray for those who despitefully use you. I said, okay, great, awesome. I know what to do. So I started praying for him. And first, just general prayers. And the verse that popped in my head while I was praying for him was it says, Pray for those who've done uh, things to you. What is that verse, lady? Um, uh, like something about when you pray for them, will you Yeah. Well, there's. Well, said that you will keep coals of fire on their head. Yeah, you'll keep coals of fire on their head. Pray for those. I, one of the Pauline epistles. I can look it but it's there. it's like pray for your enemies and show them kindness, and by showing them kindness, I mean you'll so. keep coals of fire yeah. on their head. And so I was thinking that one, pray for him. I was like, <laughs> no, nope, that won't work. That will not work. And so then I just started praying to God with bless the guy. I was like, bless this guy, Lord. Just give him a good life, Lord. Just get him a great girlfriend. Give him a hot girlfriend. It was high school, you know, whatever. But I was like, just bless this guy. And as soon as I did that, just something released to me. I was like, okay, I can actually forgive him now. But there's something about praying for the people who you feel like use you that just sets you free. Because listen, the whole point of this, God is not trying to get you to give them an unjust forgiveness, even though... He deserves you because He forgives us no matter what we do. God's trying to set you free. Because when you hold on to a fence, He traps you in a prison. Because it's bait. It's bait. For the trap. The trap is bitterness, unforgiveness, and a horrible place to live in. And so God's trying to set you free. Not just really the other person. And so as soon as you choose to forgive him, as soon as you pray for him, you just feel like, ah. And you're set free. And then God can work in your heart a lot stronger. And it's... Awesome. It's just Jesus, and it's totally like a kingdom principle, but it works so good. Pray for those who despitefully use you and turn against you. Okay, so how do we fight offense? First we choose to forgive them, and if that's not good enough, if we can't completely forgive them, if we're like, Lord, give me grace, help me forgive them, then we need to pray that God will just bless their lives. Just crush it. Crush the thing. Why spend a moment with unforgiveness? Because it'll just hurt you and it'll put you in a place that God doesn't want you to be in. And God didn't design us as sons and daughters to live in cages or in traps. And that's literally Satan's goal for us is to get us to take the bait, put us in a trap, and make us demobilized so God can use us. But God wants us to set us free from that. And the way we get free is we act on truth, right? And act on truth is forgiving and praying for God to bless them like crazy. Come on, Jesus. Okay, third is practical. So I'm going to have a practical way right here. Um, that's worked great for me, and it's steps that can actually walk out to do this, okay? First is recognize what it is, okay? So a lot of times we need the Holy Spirit for this. This is kind of like a sozo. A lot of us know what sozo is, but it's like inner healing. The Holy Spirit guides us through it. But this is recognize what the unforgiveness is. So if you don't know, a lot of you have seen this. A lot of times when we say unforgiveness, we'll have something pop in our mind right away. And that's the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we don't know. Maybe we don't have an unforgiveness against anyone. And that's awesome. That's so good. Right? But sometimes we need the Holy Spirit to guide us through it. So we say, Holy Spirit, what's an unforgiveness I might have towards someone? And again, if you don't have something, don't make something up. This isn't like, oh, I need, if I don't have an unforgiveness, I'm not being humble. I need to humble myself. You know what I mean? Don't make something up. Maybe you don't. And that's okay. That's awesome. but pray, Holy Spirit, what's an unforgiveness, what's a bitterness, what's a person I might have some bitterness towards or unforgiveness towards? That's one, because you've got to know what it is. You've got to recognize it. Two, you've got to reject and replace. Okay? And so you just say, okay, now they know what it is. I choose to forgive them, and I choose to believe that they're also a son or daughter of God, and that whatever happened, it doesn't matter. Because it's more about the person than it is about the misunderstanding or the thing. And so I choose to love them and regard it. So you reject it and replace it with love for them. Because love doesn't take account of wrongs. It doesn't, there's not, the love account is empty of all wrongs. That's awesome. And as Christians, I think the number one area we need to grow in is love, honestly. Because like there's so much offense in the church right now. It's crazy. So much offense. Like, people leave churches right and left, they're like, oh, he didn't do that, she didn't do that, whatever. Why? Because this person offended me, because the pastor offended me. There's just so much offense all across. My dad's a pastor, too. Like, I've grown up in churches, going to a bunch of different churches. Like, It's just crazy how much offense there is in a church. And what that means is, as Christians, we need to mature in our love walk. We just need to get better at looking over stuff and just saying, yeah. it's okay. Like, it's okay for people to do stuff to me, because it doesn't really matter anyway. right? it's okay, like, God still loves me, and God still loves them, so I can just let it go and keep walking. Awesome. So, reject it and replace it. Third is deal with the spiritual. You know, a lot of times, when you hold on to something for a long time, you actually invite a stronghold into your life. Okay? So, when you're walking in disobedience, you open up your life for Satan to attack you, and a lot of times, it's very subtle. he will build a stronghold, right, in a life. So, for example, you believe, like, you have bitterness towards someone for like 20 years, right? And so, you hold on to that for a long time, and then it's just there. But in the meantime, it's not just a thing, because you're choosing to not obey God's law, and Satan will create a little stronghold in there, right? There'll be a little bit of demonic oppression around that. So you choose to forgive them, but you still feel like, uh, uh, I don't like them still, right? And no matter what you do, you can't get rid of that, uh, like, Well, that's just a little bit of oppression from a demon that's trying to oppress you because you walked in disobedience for so long. And so all you have to do, the Bible says, At the name of Jesus every name must in heaven, in earth, and beneath the earth. That's awesome. That means angels, people, demons. Okay? You just take authority and say, no, this has to stop. And so, if you have something oppressing, you just take authority and you say, In Jesus' name, I take authority of your spirit of forgiveness. And I'll break your hold over me. Just like that. It's easy, because it's Jesus. Because it's the kingdom, it's life. That's just what he does. It's awesome. So deal with the spiritual aspect is number three. right? Deal with the spiritual. A lot of times we try and mentally, try and fight spiritual with mental. Because in Western society, we're not used to spiritual stuff. We're like, I didn't learn about spiritual stuff in college, so it must not exist. But there is another realm, and there is a spiritual realm, and there is fighting. And so sometimes we try to deal with spiritual with our natural mind, but we need to deal with spiritual with spiritual. And the good thing about that is the name of Jesus is above every other name. Every name. So we just use the name of Jesus, take care of business, and keep rock and rolling. Yeah. And last is number four, our favorite. Play, pray for blessings on the people. Just bless them. Just bless them. Come on, Jesus. Just bless the heck out of them. And the matter you are about them, bless them that much more. And the more bitter you feel towards them, bless them that much more. And the cool thing about it is not only will you start to release and all start moving on them, and not only will you start to release yourself, but by doing that, you're actually improving your love walk. And Jesus said, there's only two great commandments, and that's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. And so if you can grow in your love walk towards God vertical, or towards people horizontal, then you're growing a lot. Mm -hmm. And bitterness and offense... And growing and overcoming that is one of the best ways you can grow in your love walk, which is awesome. Because that increases your horizontal momentum and being able to touch other people. And the more you forgive that specific person, the more it opens you up to talk to a lot of other people around you. Did you say love walk or block? Love walk. Walk. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, four again, recognize what it is. Reject and replace it. Deal with the spiritual aspect and pray for blessings and refuse to separate, right? Because offense, the whole goal of Satan's offense is to build offense around you and separate you from others. And so choose not to separate. And again, if there's an an unhealthy, abusive relationship, something like that, like really, really bad, it's okay to take a little space and definitely need it to protect yourself. Absolutely. But nine times out of ten, we need to overcome. We need to not separate, we need to forgive, we need to love, and grow in our love for people, as a community, and that way we can keep having an impact in their lives. And who knows, you might be Jesus for that person. You know, maybe they've had other people write them off because of that, and you might be the first person who actually loves them through that. So you might have a chance to change them. Come on, Jesus. Awesome. Okay, so let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for your wisdom. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for just guiding us and helping us understand this, God. I just ask in Jesus' name, anything from you, Father, just write it deep in our hearts and stir it up. I ask that you, we wouldn't be able to forget it, but you just write it and remind us throughout the week what you spoke, Father. And anything that wasn't of you, Father, we ask that we wouldn't even think twice about it. And Lord, I bless everyone here in the name of Jesus. I just bless everyone. I bless their year. I thank you, Lord God, how much you love every person. I thank You for growing us, God, and just growing us more into Your image, more into the children that You want us to be, more into sons and daughters. And I speak life over every person here. And I thank You, Lord God, that You have put the kingdom of God inside of each of us, and You've caused each of us. You've written change and revival inside of our hearts for us and for everyone around us, Lord God. And we just, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. And we thank you, Lord God, as we choose to forgive, Lord God, you forgive us. And that the power that goes with that is just incredible and insurmountable, God. And I thank you for every heart here. And uh, we just thank you, Lord God, that as we pray, I thank you for just blessing and continuing to guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. And that-